Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Chris Brown. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. come around the Word of God. I want to approach the Easter message from a different angle this morning. And uh, I already said thank you to Erin uh, for all the trees and we, little cards up there, thank the local nursery for lending them. They're not a permanent 1980s um, uh, office sort of conversion. Remember, remember office plants? It's a big thing. Um, and so... Uh, uh, yeah, Aaron's going to come at the end of the service and explain, and that you've got these little bits of shade, shade cloth uh, on your seats too. That's not just uh, random; they're for some meaning. So it's a little bit of a uh, application object lesson uh, of what we're going to look at in the Word. So, uh, if you've got a Bible, come with me to Romans chapter ten, and if you don't, you can look on the screens, and hopefully the scriptures pop up there. And I'm starting uh, from reading, reading from verse nine, and it says. Um, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, there's the gospel right there. Jesus is Lord. God raised him from the dead. And the onus is on us that if we just believe in him, we'll be saved. Amen. You can go home now. That's all you need to hear. Now, lock the doors. Wait, I've got more to say. If you keep reading, it says, For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. So this is, that, that's an interesting little section there. Our heart and our mouth are so, there's a message there. They're so closely connected. You know, you, you, what you believe in your heart will and should come out of your mouth. And so it's good to confess to speak about your faith, not just say, oh, it's my faith, I keep it to myself. God calls us to talk about it. And there's power in that. As the scriptures tell us, verse 11, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Then listen to this, Jew and Gentile, look at that, verse 12, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. So then the passage starts talking about the Jewish people. Now Paul, as you know, who wrote this was a Jew. He was writing to mainly Jewish people who were living in Rome at the time, the book of Romans, right? But as you probably know, most of the early Christians were Jewish people and then there were Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. And there was this growth in Christianity both amongst the Jewish people but especially in the Gentile area, the other parts of the world beyond the, the Jewish people and nation. And um, And the passage goes on and talks about how the fact that God's chosen people, the Jewish people, had many of them, most of them had rejected his plan of salvation that had been made available through Jesus. And uh, and now, as you know, the Bible uses agricultural language because a lot of people were farmers and uh, and involved in agriculture back then. And, uh, and the Jewish people had been regarded as the true vine. God is the, the vineyard owner. And so this passage then goes on talking about... Um, the Israelites as as the 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 vine, and how Gentiles, non-Jewish people, could be grafted into this vine. So, if we go down to Romans eleven seventeen, it says this: some of these branches from Abraham's tree, that is, some of the people of Israel, have been broken off. 
And you Gentiles who were branches from a wild olive tree have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing that God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. So this is hopefully helping to explain some of the trees and branches that you see around here today. And as I said, the shade cloth, and it'll be more explained by Aaron at the end. The point is, Gentiles, that's you and me, those who believe, get grafted into this vine or tree of God's. And it says they share in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. In other words, the inheritance that was originally only for God's chosen people in the Old Testament is now for God's chosen people in the New Testament. And that word chosen is really just for anyone who believes. And, and so this inheritance is available for all believers, all followers of Jesus. We get the same blessing that God promised to Abraham, to the Jewish people, and it now comes through to the Gentiles. Just like a branch that's grafted onto a tree gets the same sap, that's the same nutrients as the original branches coming from the roots right through the tree. Now, the tree in our courtyard... In the centre there, it's a grafted tree. The top is a western red gum tree, Carimbia ficifolia, if you want to get Latin and technical. And it's been grafted onto rootstock that's designed to only grow four or five metres. So even though the top is the western red cedar, western red gum tree, it's not going to grow as tall as the original gum tree would because uh, they normally grow about 30 metres and they would rip up all the concrete and the roots would get into all the, you know, uh, foundations and pipes and stuff in the building. And so uh, this is why they do it. You get the beauty of these great red flowers that we see in summer and the foliage and the fact that it's a native, but you don't, you know, get your whole building uprooted. Uh, and most citrus trees that you buy at the nursery have been grafted in. And so too were the olive trees at at this time of writing. And they would get a little olive seedling and then they would make a cut in a uh, already established tree and they'd join it in through the cut and then they'd seal it with wax and then that seedling would grow faster and more fruitfully from the sap coming through the big tree than it would if it was kept as a seedling. And so then they'd get, you know, more olives. And... Um, but notice here it says that there were branches that have been broken off. And this refers sadly to the Jewish people who didn't accept and believe in Jesus. But then if you read on in verse 23, it says this. Now if the people of Israel turn from their unbelief, they'll be grafted in again. For God has the power to graft them back into the tree. And then it says in verse 24, you by nature were a branch cut from a wild olive tree. So if God was willing to do something contrary to nature by grafting you into his cultivated tree, he'll be far more eager to graft the original branches back into the tree where they belong. And so this is obviously referring to Jewish people who end up believing in Jesus, realizing that he really was the Messiah and their natural branches being grafted back in because God still has a special place in his heart for the Jewish people. 
they were the chosen ones and the people that he loved and led all through the Old Testament. And there's many passages, especially in the book of Romans, that talk about his heart and love and plan for the Jewish people. And in fact, many of them are now finally accepting Jesus as Lord and they're being grafted back in and they're known as Messianic Jews. You hear the terms Jews for Jesus. And we recently, when Beth and I were in Russia, had the opportunity and the privilege to minister with them. In Russia, there's a whole movement, and in Israel and other parts of the world, where there are Jewish people accepting Jesus as Lord. And uh, and, if, and they've got a whole network of um, rehabilitation centres that are in St. Petersburg, where we were, uh, in Israel, where they've invited us to come and minister. And uh, I sat with one couple who were brought up as Orthodox Jews with all the traditions of Judaism. And then one day the woman, grown woman uh, as a married couple, she uh, had an encounter with Jesus. And she came home and said, Jesus is Lord. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm following Jesus. Well, the husband, of course, initially freaked out uh, because in his traditions that's not the go that Jesus was not who he said he was and and uh, and yet he uh, searched and sought after God and found Jesus and found Yeshua as they say as they call him as Lord and Savior of his life and now they're running this ministry uh, that's helping uh, drug addicts and uh, recovering alcoholics all throughout uh, the, the city and, and other parts of the country, uh, all with the love of Christ flowing through them. And, uh, and they have their traditions that they have not uh, discarded. They, they embrace, they just see Jesus as the fulfillment, which is exactly what he is, of all the Old Testament prophecies. And they are still running their, you know, they're, they're flowing from the Old Testament right on into the New Testament. Um, but what does all this mean for you and me? Because most of us, perhaps all of us here, are Gentiles and it says there we can be grafted in. Notice also it says that they're wild branches that have been grafted in. And this is unusual because usually uh, a cutting from a cultivated tree was cut into a wild one, a common tree, because it was strong and they'd used the cultivated cutting. But, the, but here the metaphor is, Paul says, contrary to nature. So it's an unnatural process. It's, it's, uh, normally, if you did a graph that way, it would be unfruitful. But this is where it's so cool how wonderful and amazing and full of grace God is that he can take anyone, any cutting, any wild, lost person cutting yeah, and graft them in and make them fruitful and blessed just as much as the original cultivated tree. So now, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, all of us, the message there is that we can all enjoy divine life, blessing, fruitfulness, all by faith in Christ alone. And, and so it, it means that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, this day, more than 2,000 years ago, is in us. And although we've been, as I said, wild, uncultivated, sinful and separated from God, we can become part of God's olive tree, part of his family, part of his kingdom. And, uh, and of course, we have a choice. We've got to decide, well, do we want to be grafted in? Because if we don't believe, if we reject the message of Easter, if we turn our back on Jesus and who he says he is, well, then we're left to fend for ourselves like a little sapling. 
like a little seedling as opposed to being a branch that's part of a big strong tree. You know, my first job ever uh, was to work for my grandfather in his nursery and he was a gruff old man. My older brother was already working there every Saturday morning and he came over one Friday night as we had family dinner and he said, so when are you going to start working for your inheritance? And I'm like, oh, what, what, how do you answer that question? You know, it's, you know, old tough country people. You know, they, they, you know, when you meet people from the country and they shake your hand that nearly squeezes it to death and say, "What do you know?" <laughs> how do you answer that? You ever had that country? People, what do you know? I don't know. Not much. Hello. What do you say? You know, he says, "When are you going to start working?" I'm like, oh, I don't know. Do I work? Do I, work? I don't know. And I was only like year eight. You weren't supposed to work till you were like I don't know, fourteen or fifteen. I was about twelve. And I, and I said, oh, okay, yeah, I'd love to work if I'm old enough. I think that was a yes, I don't know. But, and then the next day, I remember the next morning, my brother, my mum and dad would drive him to, to the nursery. And then about eight o'clock, the phone rings. Where is he? And that was my call-up. It was like, I, that was the invite. The, the job interview had taken place the night before. I hadn't realised, but I had passed. Uh, and uh, so I was expected to be at the nursery. So off I went. And I went there and, um, and this shoulder is actually lower than this one because of all the bags of sulphate of ammonia that I carried and, uh, and uh, cement as a young teenager because it was such a packed... He ran a very prosperous, profitable nursery. He was gruff, but he was very generous. Great businessman in, in a non-trying heart, never advertised at all. You know, did all this stuff that you wouldn't do today, but was very successful because everyone knew he's just very honest and, and got a good deal and... Uh, anyway, so I loved working there, apart from the dicky shoulder as a result, but uh, I loved it. And uh, the first thing we would do every Saturday morning, we'd be there about seven or eight in the morning, the first thing you had to do was water the seedlings. And they would have all these punnets of seedlings in trays and lots of them. And, and uh, you'd be pleased to know, ladies, gardeners, I know my primulas from my petunias, you know, and all the different hybrids. And we got all into all the different herbs and we'd grow terrariums. And I really appreciated and loved you know, the, the whole uh, world of, of nurserymen and nature and growing trees and stuff. But the seedlings, they were just precious little fellas who, you know, had tiny little root systems. And you'd see them exposed because people would say, oh, I only have half a punnet. I want six. And you'd chop them with your little spade and you'd wrap them up in newspaper and, and you'd see the seedlings. And then, you, of course, if you're planting them, as you know, you pull them all apart and you realise, oh, I've got a little 13 instead of 12. There's a little one, an extra. You know, but they're, they're, they're very frail and precious and they need external care. They need water. They need someone else to come along and care for them as opposed to a strong tree that's been planted these guys are doing pretty well and they've got very big pots and they've got a bigger root system. And then they get planted another 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 years, some of these trees are still going strong depending on the, the breed of tree. And, um, and so you, we get a choice because the kind of life we live is dependent on what we do, whether we get grafted in. Because you get that little seedling and you leave it alone to fend for itself it's not going to survive and this is exactly some, what's going to happen something is going to come along that is too big for us a test or a trial that's going to defeat us beat us down or, or shrivel us up like a little seedling in the sun even if even if we're the self-made man i don't know because no, the especially the male ego in us 
doesn't kind of like that idea. He's saying I'm weak. Christianity's a crutch, you know. And so we want to do it all ourselves. Sure, you can do that. We've met and known, and you know, people who have gone right through life all on their own. But then you're going to die, and you can organise and pay and save and work and plan and do all this stuff here on earth. But facing eternity on your own, that's going to be a tough one, because without God's forgiveness. Without your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're going to be a little seedling withering up in the sun of God's righteousness. And his holiness is going to burn that little seedling up. And so there's no root strong enough to withstand that. You contrast that to the big trees that are planted and the branches that have been grafted into a great big tree. Well, now you're talking. That's our calling. And, of course, there's some humility involved to say, well, I don't want to be my own little thing. I'll actually graft into something bigger, but it's better. You know, I went rode motorbikes a couple of weeks ago with some friends down into Victoria. Lots of beautiful windy roads, but we hit this ridiculous storm in Victoria. We arrived in the place we were going to stay that night. The whole town was without power and there were power lines down. We rode along the Murray River and uh, there was this wild sheets of rain going and we looked over and the river had white caps on it like the surf. It was just, I thought I was going to see a surfer go along. It was so wild. And the guy in front of me, we're on a straight road and his bike is at a lean angle like this because the wind's just blowing us this way. And he's just sort of leaning in to sort of go straight. And there's leaves blowing everywhere and then we rode through towns that had had the storm go through and you just the streets were covered like literally covered and you know all the the leaves blown off the trees and no doubt little seedlings you know blowing around the place but at the same time you'd see big strong trees swaying but not being blown over and the winds can come the storms of life can come but the bible calls you an oak of righteousness If you're grafted in, you're part of the vine of Jesus. And, uh, you know, we don't have time to look at it this morning, but just to to finish and refer to that passage, you know, you read the whole uh, chapter of the book of John 15. And Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And this is how, again, we're we're called to be grafted into his vine. And he says, uh, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. That is the great promise of the Christian life, that we are better together than on our own. We're better, we're better connected with him, humbling ourselves, smart enough to say, yes, God, I can't do everything. I can't face everything. Maybe the doctor's prognosis is something way beyond what I can cope with, but when I pray, you can do a miracle in the womb, in a nine-day-old baby who gets a helicopter ride that he wasn't planning on and... Uh, you know, Sarah said it was, you know, upsetting and scary but kind of cool because she was in the helicopter and she had conflicted feelings of, wow, this is awesome. No, 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 my son's on the way to the hospital. You know, she's flying over the harbour but she said the nurse helped. She said, the nurse said, I'll take photos for you. You'll enjoy it later. Give me your camera. <laughs> she, she grabbed her phone, you know, because she's like, I'm in a helicopter. Okay, this is, but it's really serious. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, that night, the, the, the machines all over Little Lachlan, or just, and then the next morning after prayer, they went in and he's there breathing normally and he's got no machines on him and they go, oh, he can go back. And so that's, as we said, that's the power of prayer. It's the power of being connected to God's vine 
being grafted in. Isn't that awesome? And so that's it. And as I said, when we finish, I'll pray in a moment, then Erin's going to come and explain a little more about the uh, little fun activity she's got for us to, to help cement the idea. Come on, let's close our eyes and pray together. Father God, we thank you. What a great day. What a fantastic day. Amazing grace, as we've heard sung, that saved a wretch like me. We've all sinned. We've all done the wrong thing. We've all tried to do life on our own. But God, you give us the opportunity to be grafted in, to be saved from sin, to be connected with you all through Jesus. Just one prayer, one step of faith. You know, this morning while we're seated, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer with me if you need to connect with God. Maybe for the first time or maybe it's a recommitment of your acceptance of who Jesus really is. He wants to be our Lord, our Savior, our leader in life. But it's up to us as to whether we accept him, whether we believe in him, whether we'll follow him. If you want to do that and you pray this prayer with me, you're aware that you need him, that his love is available for you. You want him in your heart. You want to abide in him and have him abide and live in you as he's promised. Then you pray this prayer. Pray it right now where you are. Pray these words. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross, Lord Jesus. In my place, for my sin, for all my mistakes, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to accept me. And I accept you in my heart with all your love and grace, and power. Thank you for saving me and helping me to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.